Hello, welcome back to the Key to Success Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Key. And before we get started, I would like for you to click the like button. Hit the like button before we get started. Subscribe, leave a comment, all that. Just help me get the engagement up so that we can um, push our way up through YouTube's algorithm. So, um, yesterday I kind of decided that I wanted to do a series of just uh, news article reactions from an educator standpoint, right? I've been a teacher, school counselor, and now an administrator, right? So I'm kind of, I've kind of been moving around and I've um, been in education for a long time. Um, if you include substitute teaching, this would be year 17. Wanted to create some short form content just to kind of, um, you know, do something good for the algorithm. So I'm going to try to be as brief as I possibly can here. All right. So the article for today is, let's see where it's share screen. There it is. Okay. And we want to share this group and share. All right. So let's move through this. AAPS, Ann Arbor Public Schools uh, has a problem. The solution is paying for uh, substitute teachers, right? Raising pay. So the article kind of starts off just talking about um, uh, the district's in trouble. They've been closing schools on closing school on Mondays and Fridays, right? Um, parents are upset. They're having to find childcare. Um, the uh, school closings all have something to do with um, teacher burnout, right? Teachers are burnt out. They're going through it. Um, they're all of these different demands on teachers from masks uh, to uh, new legislation, um, parents being upset at them, uh, administrators placing more of a burden on them, right? So there's all this going on. So as we kind of move through here, right? Because I kind of want this to be a shorter um, shorter segment. Um, they po- uh, like One parent pointed at low pay for teachers. Teachers deserve to be paid more. Let's get that out the way. That's not going to solve teacher burnout. So this article, like it seems like it's more so focused on um, fixing the uh, the closures, right? Stopping the school closures. So like parents talk about talking to their kids, not being able to see their friends, uh, which is understandable, right? I totally get that. Um, it talks about like how hiring is getting difficult across industry as pay raises, right? You can make 15 to 17 bucks an hour uh, being a pizza delivery driver now, right? So significantly less stressful. Um, it goes into the school's uh, fill rate, right? For like sub, uh, staff absences. 51 to 65%, that's an issue, right? So um, that means that they're pulling elsewhere like in order to, um, in order to, to uh, keep school open, right? So. Um, anywhere from 49% to 35% of their staff uh, fillings are coming from uh, other teachers, administrators, things like that, right? They're doing everything they can to keep school, school open. Uh, they pointed to the $100 a day, right? That subs typically get paid. That's what I started at when I was a, um, a substitute teacher some 17 years ago. So that should go up, right? Um, then they go on to just uh, key points. Uh, about like why they can't raise the salaries for teachers yet just you know because it's a union contract things like that right so they can't unilaterally just make that decision um so if that's not an option what can they do uh they talked about raising the pay on friday on mondays and fridays from 130 to 150 like that's great you know you might attract a few more people but um still probably not enough um to 
um, to make someone that's older, because keep in mind, a lot of our substitute teachers are older. It's not going to be enough in order to get them in the building um, when they might fear dying from COVID-19. And, um, you know, like, and if we're being fair here, like, a lot of times substitutes aren't treated the best, right? Like, from students. Um, they talk about the budget for the school having $13 million and how they could spend some of that towards um, filling some of these substitutes, right? So, AAPS is a fairly large uh, district. Um, it is a city district, one of the, probably the major, the largest uh, district in that city, I'm imagining, right? Don't know for sure. But that's $13 million. And they're filling, like, they're not, they're looking to fill up to 49% of um you know like the subs per day so if they have you know hundreds and hundreds of teachers like missing every day i mean like yes they probably could pay it but like are they gonna on the back end run into trouble like we don't know like they might end up having a rift that's a reduction in force for parents right so they might have to let some teachers go so they kind of sometimes districts keep some money just to be safe right so not sure if they really want to dig into it, but that is a, a you know a decent idea. Um, the article also talked about opening up gyms, uh, you know, um, cafeteria for a study hall and stuff like that. Right? All great ideas. It's good that parents are uh, coming forth and they're being active participants in in what's going on in school. Um, but there are sometimes contractual issues with teachers where you can't necessarily put a teacher or two in a cafeteria with 400, 500 students because they're only allowed to have X amount of kids, uh, be responsible for X amount of kids at a time per their contract. So that might not necessarily work, but still it's great that people are thinking, right? So you would probably have to pull lots of teachers in order to make that work, and that might cause additional problems. Um, so basically, like the article uh, said that because the district has money, they should open up their pocketbook and they should pay uh, the substitutes more. Totally agree, pay subs more, pay teachers more all for the pay but the burnout is not stemming from pay though like the burnout is stemming from all of these systemic issues that are being forced down on teachers and then also the fact that um, schools if we're being honest schools are responsible for far more than they ever been schools are responsible for social emotional learning schools are responsible for uh, positive behaviors schools are uh, responsible for academics and college planning and all of these different things so the school, like the school is responsible for everything and like we're put, placing all of the burden on the school. We're looking at it sort of like a microwave process. You put your kid inside of the, the school, which is your microwave, and then you provide, you know, this top tier ready to go uh, student. Life doesn't really work like that. So, um, you know, I, I think a fair amount of blame has been, in this article has been placed on the district. The district should have plans in place. Totally get that. But we also need parents. And at the end of the day, you know, like these parents are engaged and they're, uh, you know, actively making suggestions. These parents, I would say for most districts, about 80% of parents are engaged and they're, they're willing to help and they're doing things. Problem is we got 20% that are not. And we need to find a way to reach them. Uh, we need to find a way to, to build relationships with those parents because you're not going to have a great school without the, like, without like parents. And um, just just thinking about like what I've experienced in education, about 20% of the parents, 20% of the students are responsible for most of the disciplinary infractions. So we need to find a way to build that relationship. So when school the school is calling home, that is not an adversarial relationship, but it's one of community 
um, and one of coming together. So, um, with that being said, I did not intend this to be a long video. Please like, comment, and subscribe below. And once again, I will see you guys next time.